You're listening to Mitnick's Monthly Brushstrokes, a podcast on the art of outsmarting, the fun part that sets you apart. I'm Keith Mitnick, author of Don't Eat the Bruises, How to Foil Their Plans to Spoil Your Case. For more information, please visit keithmitnick.com. In this uh, podcast, I want to follow up really on some of the concept of picking these perfect, powerful words in what I call um, the name game. And it is naming things in a way that will stick with the jury. And I'll just give you a few examples and then you can you know, run with it on your own. But when the defense says, even if we were negligent, your client really wasn't hurt. It all pre-existed. I like to call that the old so what defense because the old certainly indicates it isn't the first time they've trotted it out and nobody likes to be told so what everyone's had a child or a spouse or a friend who did something lousy and when confronted they go so what it is one of those activator words that is reliable another way to say get the same impact is the old anything but defense in other words it must have been this or this or this anything but as a result of my client not doing their job on the road that day as a result of this doctor not doing his job in the hospital that day. So the old so what defense or the old anything but defense. Here's another one. We've all seen defense lawyers wanting to hint that your client's not really hurt that bad or hint that they're making it up or exaggerating, but they don't want to come right out and say it because they don't want to risk backlash from the jury. So they just poke around and never really say it and hope the jury runs with it. Here's a great phrase to name what they're up to. The court is not a place for hinting. It's a place for saying what you mean and backing it up. And you can say that note with a judge that gives you a little attitude. You can add to then or hush up. Courtroom's not a place for hinting. It's a place for saying what you mean and backing it up or hush up. But you can leave the hush up off, which gets a little more aggressive. You can talk about when the defense does things like suggesting one thing out of one side of their mouth and one out of the other, where they're kind of talking out of both sides of their mouth. You can say they can't have it both ways. I like to say it's double talk or both sides of the mouth, but in opening, that may be too aggressive. But they say this, and then they say this. They're inconsistent. They can't have it both ways. Job performance assessment in a malpractice case. It's a great way to talk about the standard of care. Folks, what this really amounts to is a job performance assessment. And if you're doing that in voir dire, you will cover with the jurors how many of you have been in a position of doing job performance assessments. And are you the type of person who sugarcoats it because you don't want to hurt feelings? Or are you the type of person that calls it like it is because it's important that they hear it? And then you can guide your jury selection based on those answers. Here's another really good phrase when it comes to believability of witnesses. Folks, we're going to be really, in essence, your job is going to be to do a believability report card. Heck, you can build a flip chart out and call it that. And while their witness is being evasive and stuff, make notes about it. Here's a good phrase when it comes to experts. You can talk about it in voir dire without being argumentative. One of the things you're going to have to do is assess believability of witnesses, and that includes these expert witnesses. And one of the things that you can look at is, look, all witness experts are being paid a lot of money. 
And you can consider the money, just consider it equally. But look, it affects people differently. Sometimes the people get carried away by the competitive spirit and end up being just a paid persuader with an agenda. Other times, the person's still a reliable guide to the truth. Let the chips fall where they may. You're going to have to do that job. Then, of course, when you get to opening, you can say, now let's talk about the defense expert, Dr. Jones. You're going to see from the evidence. He's evasive. He's this. He's that. He's paid this money. And you're going to be able to decide which kind of expert, like we talked about in Boyd Dyer, he is. So, Pilot light pain we talked about, not cane pain. Those are great names to tag to it. In a med mal case saying the doctor should have at least kept my client in the loop, not in the dark. It's a powerful way to overcome a big debate over what should have or should not have been done by the standard of care. Most jurors agree, for goodness sake, you ought to include the patient in critical decisions like that. So a couple other quick examples. I had a case where there was a doctor from Johns Hopkins in a med mal case, huge credentials. I knew going to make a big deal, Johns Hopkins, Johns Hopkins. I just called him an opening. You're going to hear from this Dr. Johns Hopkins. And then I started showing all the unreasonable things he was saying. The other side actually objected, said, Your Honor, I object. He's belittling our expert, calling him Dr. Johns Hopkins. I said, really? I'll tell you what. If they don't mention Johns Hopkins, I promise I'll never say it again. And the judge laughed at him. So there was just one last, and we'll leave this, at a case where I'm not good at remembering doctors' names, and I just killed on cross-examination of Med Mal, an expert by the defense, and he had these huge lamb chops. I mean, he looked like Wolfman or something. They were silly looking. And he walked in the court, and I remember nudging my trial partner. I said, is that their expert? He goes, yes, he didn't have that when I took his deposition. I said, wow. I mean, they were silly looking. So I got in closing argument, couldn't remember his name, and I said, and you remember when I cross-examined Dr. Lamb Chop and all the jurors laughed. I knew we were in good shape. They moved for mistrial, said I denigrated his physical appearance. I said, for goodness sake, judge, he's not in a wheelchair. He chose to do that. And the judge laughed it off. My point being, think about naming things. We had a president does it all the time. And whether you like it or not, it's effective. It's a tool to be used in a courtroom. So, I suggest you think about tagging names to things that will help you in your case. Thank you. For more information, please visit keithmitnick.com.